and we've hit the big 30. Hello and welcome back to Dishing It, the food podcast all about food in Scotland. And it's been a minute since we've done, uh, shall I say, I don't want to say normal, but uh, you know, a regular length episode. Past three episodes we've done our Dishing It Sides episodes, which are a short burst uh, look at the things happening in and around Aberdeen. So we've had things like Aberdeen Restaurant Week and we've had the opening of Doe & Co, which I tried out the other day. And I can confirm, delicious, beautiful stuff. Bacon on a donut? Yes, please. But today we are back to normality. Normality? I don't even think that's the right word. Today we're back. Today we're back. Let's just stick to that. We're back to the Dishing It episodes that you know and love. Let's just say that. And today we are celebrating our 30th episode. I can't quite believe we are at episode 30. It doesn't seem that long ago since I started, but now that I do think back, it was in 2021, and that was two years ago. So time does fly, and what better way to celebrate the milestone than with a chat with one of the North East's finest chefs, the kilted chef, Craig Wilson. A shop local advocate, Scotland food and drink regional ambassador, supper club host and a string of celebrity diners, Craig's career has been far from bland for sure. And for many here in the northeast, or many of you listening indeed, you might know of Craig, you might have been at the restaurant yourself, but this podcast we delve into his career so far from where it all started. So from working in recipe development to owning his own restaurant, Eat on the Green, Craig covers his career journey so far and his passion for the local larder that spoils us here in the northeast of Scotland. Earlier this year, though, he broke news that after 20 years in business, he will be putting the restaurant up for sale. And I shocked many of us locally. I was keen to learn what is next for the kilted chef himself. And before I go as well, you, I hope, love listening to these episodes. And if you're not already, do make sure to follow the podcast wherever you listen. I'm aiming to share episodes once a month, but you know what, like, life gets busy sometimes. But if you are following the podcast, you will be notified of every future episode. Here's to another 30 episodes of Dishing It. Thank you for listening. Craig Wilson, welcome to Dishing It. Hello there. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me here. So we're currently sat in the restaurant at Eat on the Green and we've got coffee out, tea, and you've got a nice little selection of, I wouldn't class them as tray bakes, what would you, sweets? Petit, petit fours. Petit, petit fours. fours. What have we got in the uh, dish just now? We've got some nice local bar of strawberries, salt with caramel tablet and a nice raspberry um, marshmallow, I think it is. Yeah. Beautiful. I'll be digging into that when you're Good. giving all your answers. I'll be scoffing them in, in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're a staple here in the Northeast. Uh, you join a fantastic lineup of local chefs. Um, but for the listener at home who might have missed the memo, can you give them a flavour of um, what Eat on the Green is? Well, I think Eat on the Green definitely is somewhere you go to um, celebrate something where I would like to think that you can consistently get uh, good food. Uh, and if you, if you like it, you can actually come back and get it again, which is really important to me. Consistency is really important. We try to use uh, fresh uh, ingredients. Um, food style, um, I'm, I'm not exactly sure where we are with that, um, but it, it's, it's a monthly change, change in menu and we're busy. 
Good. That's what we like. I mentioned that we're here in the restaurant at Udney Green. Uh, what was this building before you took it over? So um, it was a, a village pub and it was a bit dilapidated. Mm-hmm. Um, it had it had potential, of course, but it was a pub that people didn't even really go to very right. much. Um, so the only thing I could do was be better. Give it a <laughs> and revamp. Great. Well, we'll pause on the Eaton Green chat um, for the minute and we'll delve into what led you to starting up the business all those years ago. You're nearly 20 years. And I was doing all my digging. It is, yeah. Years, We're in our 21st year. That's crazy. So where did your passion for cooking all come from? Uh, my grandmother, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's, a common, uh, it's a common answer, I think. Uh, family. My grandmother and grandfather uh, worked in uh, Oyne, uh, West Hall, uh, a kind of uh, country house estate, private house, um, gardens where uh, seasonal produce was just the norm. Um, and uh, in those days, uh, if my grandma got bored, she made scones and Great. things like that. Um, very structured, um, certainly no wastage. Everything had a place, and uh, I realised as I as I grew up that I, I experienced food heaven at an early age, and it wasn't as cool and perfect. It was like oh, strawberries again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was summer. <laughs> uh, do we really have to um, take the currants off the stalk and yeah. shell the peas and all the rest of it? It certainly spoke to me. Yeah, strongly. Hundred um, percent. So there we are. So I take it cooking was a flair that ran in the Wilson family. Um, <laughs> it is a family joke, um, and I need to be careful not to offend my mum. She does make amazing tatty soup, uh, and Vincent Tatties. Uh, she is not a uh, passion for uh, cooking. Is probably not up there. Right. Uh, I saw my dad cook once. Uh, and that was because we had a ready steady cook competition on Christmas Day and he did leave the house but he did come back. So uh and my sister no, it's definitely it's definitely uh a generation before yeah. my, my skips a generation. Yes. It's like ginger gene. Yes. Skips a generation. Yeah. So when did you decide you wanted to pursue cooking as a career? I'll be very honest. Uh it was I feel very lucky, especially having kids and speaking to a lot of people at a young age now, I knew very early mm-hmm. um, and it was the only thing I was interested in. And the sooner I got out of school, the better yeah. in order to get on and do it. Um, so I knew um, probably 10 years old. Amazing. Was there like HE and stuff at school? Yeah, that you kind of home economics. Uh, is, and, I, and I hate the term home economics. Yeah. Um, before I die, I would like to hope that Re-bab that actually that. changes. Uh, and I have put a request <laughs> Uh, I and I would like um, to think that home economics. Why should I be punished with sewing an apron just because I like how to cook? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's outdated. Um, the world has moved on, uh, but the education of it hasn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was told I wouldn't be a chef, and uh, was hopeless, and I wouldn't cope with the written work, which was probably true because I didn't want to do written work. Mm-hmm. And do you remember who that teacher was? It says. Yes. Mm-hmm. Have you written them a very strongly worded letter or made them a really good pan of soup? Uh, oh, no, no. Of course, <laughs> it changed pretty quickly. It took about five years of uh, yeah. surviving here before yes. uh, before that changed. Yeah. But uh, certainly came through the door and yes. obviously said that she had something to do with the fact that I battled, I battled 
I'd yeah. battled the uh, the uh, kitchen with her. Always the way. Always the way. With not bitter, of course. No, not at all. <laughs> you knew when you were you were itching to leave school, and you wanted to. Um, you knew you wanted to be a chef. So, where was it you got your first foot in the door? Did you go to college after, or? Um, so. Um, I was a little bit greedy um, with work. Um, uh, when I was 15, I had four jobs. Wow. Um, I had two paper jobs. Uh, I did the early morning, on a Saturday, early early morning a paper job. Then I worked in a grocer shop, uh, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, fresh produce, people, um, food, I guess. Um, and then I did another paper round then I jumped on a bus uh, down to Inverurie when I got my first job to uh, wash some really dirty <laughs> uh, dishes at it was called the townhouse it was formerly JG JG's um, which was JG Ross and my dad worked for him for 39 years so he said you know give me a start mm-hmm. and um, that's how it started so what was the kind of as you worked through the ranks mm-hmm. as a well, chef, it's, it's of... incredibly easy to get a job yeah uh, and even move on in the hospitality right. industry just get in the door washing dishes wait for somebody that doesn't turn up and just mm-hmm. say i'll do it mm-hmm. uh, then you've got a job so that's what happened yeah. uh, i jumped onto the larder section when somebody didn't turn up um, and then i got offered a full-time job just up the road at the shopper hotel i was there three years and they put me to aberdeen technical college to study part-time Great. on your day off of course. on your day off yeah because <laughs> we need you the other few days so yeah. do it then so where were you before before start up evening green where were you um, so before there from the strathburn uh one day i um i really knew that there was more out there but didn't we were really at the time where things were really kind of um getting, you know the, the food and chef thing was really starting to be quite cool mm-hmm. and i kind of felt stuck uh and i felt i needed to take a risk and when you have a bad day at work i always say do something with it mm-hmm. don't just moan about it mm-hmm. do something mm-hmm. with it so you want it to be quite bad so uh, i bought this uh, magazine called the caterer and hotel keeper is still there I applied for a job which took me to Balathi House Hotel I took a 50% pay decrease to go there um, and um, I walked into that kitchen was terrified like really terrified but excited at the same time I knew instantly that that was the right move Mm -hmm. and I felt that I'd been three years at college but I didn't know anything (laughs) Right. Um, so I, I, I went there and then I went to a similar type environment. I didn't really want to leave. And I went to Cromlick's house, which is now owned by Andy Murray. Uh, and I was there for uh, six and a half, seven years. And I ended up being head chef at 24 by default. Wow. And you mentioned that when you were at Strath, Chef was becoming quite cool and mm-hmm. things. Was there a bit of a stigma about working? as a chef or oh at yeah the time? absolutely um I remember people saying you're losing out in your youth and you're old before your time so I, I ended up you know gaining responsibility um and managing people double my age uh and I was quite focused you know I was the person that would go in early would if I if they needed somebody to help I'd be there mm-hmm. I was the solution and uh, for me it was part of my plan yeah. I was go I was wanting to get do something yeah. with the only thing I knew 
I had. Right. And it must have been, like you said, it was like a polar opposite environment going from Strathburn mm. on. Yeah. And it must, did, did you ever feel like, oh God, is this like, should I be doing this? Or you just knew I need to just stick it out and just learn, kind mm. of um, strip myself back? Yeah, I mean, I realised uh, when you come from a rural uh, northeast village, uh, I think you forget that there's a there's a you know it's a, a different world. Yeah. People speak differently. I was, it was all these kind of things at once. Yeah. But I remember getting like uh, encouragement, and I always think encouragement is 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 something you never truly value until you real. To, to you look back and realize that, that person was trying to help you up. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I really feel very strongly about that right from schooling um, to where, wherever you are in your life. I don't, I can't think of anyone that wouldn't benefit from encouragement and I mm-hmm. needed it. Um, I needed reassurance uh, and still do. You're doing a great job, Greg. Thank you. <laughs> There's your wow. reassurance from me. That was split sure, the crowd, but never mind. <laughs> so how did the Eat in the Green come about? What, what made you decide to start uh, up? So um, I, uh, when I left Cromlex, I went into um, product development, which created meals um, or recipes for the uh, food industry. Um, latterly, I worked for Baxter's mm. um, and created soups, sauces, and of, of the fresh variety, not tinned. Mm-hmm. And that took me to Lincolnshire, Grimsby in Lincolnshire. And while I was in Grimsby, um, I was spending one day uh, a week in London, which was quite exciting. I mm-hmm. liked the buzz of London, but instead of going for a holiday, I went uh, once a week and then came home to Grimsby. Uh, during that time, I um, ha- had a bit of exposure uh, on live TV which was just bonkers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, you know, I'm from Inch, uh, creating some soup recipes and then found myself in the GMTV studios in London. It just, it, it unsettled me. Yeah. Uh, I came back to Grimsby. I did a food radio show with BBC hum- Humberside. I really made it. I had <laughs> a, a column in the Grimsby Telegraph and this was all new and different. Um, but you know, it was a diff. It was something yeah. I certainly not planned, and I can honestly say this. And I've told many people, so I have to tell you, tell you this. On a Saturday night around seven o'clock, I just remember uh, saying, "Saturday night, seven o'clock. Is, is this it? What, what's you know? Because I'd never had the Saturday night yeah. at seven o'clock. And uh, did I feel content with? what I was doing at work, my life, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said I was going to change it. Uh, the short version is I resigned from a job, sold my house, followed my dream to open my own restaurant, and I wanted to come back home for mm-hmm. family support. But also, under, I understood the people. Well, I thought I did. <laughs> and the landscape and how good our produce and place was, and I thought there was a real gap for um, something a bit special. Yeah, and and that's that's how it happened. Amazing, and that leads me in perfectly into the next question. So you covered that 
um, you grew up with kind of local flavours and knowing yep. where fruit and veg came from and your yeah. back garden and all that stuff. And that must have been a big part of starting up eating the green was seeing that gap. And I think I had thinking... no fear. Uh, I'll be honest, um, um, but I think um, you know, try you, you try and imagine setting up a business and there was no social media, mm-hmm. none. Yeah. Um, when you actually got stressed about the fact that you would have to pay quite a lot of money for a yellow pages advert mm-hmm. that probably doesn't even exist. Actually, Does I it? saw, I don't think it's yellow pages anymore. It's BT. Oh, the phone. I got that yesterday. <laughs> I saw it at my door and I was and like, it's tiny. This? <laughs> I know. <laughs> who, like, who uses like, it? I can't even stand with it anymore. Um, but yeah, um, but I had um, a belief that if you cared, um, if the toilets were were nice, you, and if I cooked for my life, and you know made people feel special, it should work. Mm-hmm. How reckless is that? <laughs> like this, well, this has to work. <laughs> um, and so, how important is that shop local message or using local produce message? Oh well, um, I think people are starting to get to get it now. Mm-hmm. It's quite simple. If it's not supported, people will not survive. Um, and while I understand that every single person and business has challenges, if you can um, support a local business that you believe in. I don't believe in just supporting local just because it's local. Yeah. Um, but if it works for you or you, you, know, you, you take time to uh, enjoy a product, so please, please, please support it. It means an awful lot, um, and it means that you can actually um, pro- probably encourage another business, perhaps in the future. Um, so it's, it's just vital right now. Hundred percent. And you've always been a really big champion of that using your local larder, small footprint around you. Uh, just to paint a picture to listener, do I give an example of a menu? item that you maybe do and the local producers that feature in Mm -hmm. making that menu or that dish well we had people from singapore last thursday and i said it's 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 unreal when you stop and think about it so if we were to just stand out the front of the restaurant and say well the eggs come from down there Mm -hmm. uh the beef uh and you know obviously you get the passport of the beef being the scotch beef club and it's again spelling that out just the traceability is so vital um, so your beefs there you've got berries uh, down the road in the season at the minute you've got local rapeseed oil you've got uh, a farm uh, a farm shop a mile away which I just love the fact that you can then have oat cakes or chutney or, or whatever and I think also as well because of you can buy everything in a supermarket, but it's lovely to, you know, to get like maybe a favourite and you're quite proud of the fact, oh, that's from Contour mm-hmm. or that's from Peterhead. Yeah. Or, so I think it's um, I think it's quite cool. Mm-hmm. It's always been there, uh, but I think we've kind of um, we've got a little bit more of um, ambition in celebrating our 
our own little quirky things in the northeast and of course they taste great yeah you know tatties that are great fish that's amazing beef that's the world class exactly um so there we are. i've got a lot to shout about for sure and i think that's that's always what i kind of think of eating the green as is a celebration of local flavors and you're tying with the seasons and your menus influenced by the seasons and stuff and using that local larder and i guess it's no surprise that you were then selected as an aberdeenshire food tourism ambassador for scotland food and drink as well do tell us a bit about what that role entails yeah um well i wasn't going to apply for the role but basically on the back of the world going mad um our industry our whole food and drink industry needed focus um positivity uh and help and the uh, 21 ambassadors in scotland i think are basically a circuit of people to um to fly the flag uh to work together to to make a difference mm-hmm. uh and i thought right if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna give it my absolute all and really enjoy it and i have to say uh i'm thoroughly enjoying it it's definitely uh, taken me on a different path for sure uh, i think it's great that you um you can encourage uh, the thing I'm probably most proud of uh, is the fact we started a supper club. Uh, and I think today, I think we're nudging 40 suppliers and hearing their story raw and real. Uh, and sometimes it goes a totally different way. And people ask questions that I would never have thought of um, in, a, in a relaxed environment. But also they get opportunity to um, share their social media spread the word, let people taste uh, their product. So I'm really chuffed with that. And also learning in a bit more detail. Uh, I've recently uh, done a road trip uh, of uh, this area um, to celebrate the the kind of businesses that maybe haven't really got the exposure for whatever reason. Um, so hidden secrets along the way um steeped in history quite often mm-hmm. um but um so yeah i'm just a way to launch that uh, so it's all been filmed it's a, it's an edit stage and um yeah no it's, it's been really really interesting still learning yeah can imagine and your supper club that you did what kind of, what did that entail was it so supper clubs every thursday set menu um and on the last thursday of uh, every month we have a guest producer um so um it it could be everything from kombucha to oat cakes mm-hmm. to the fish money yeah <laughs> um and they've all got a story and they all need support for sure yeah. uh we we invite them for a free meal um to tell their story and uh, it's really good okay. um we try to hit um uh, a good price point um so it is accessible um and i also like to use to use it like with also you know share a bit of news of what's going on Mm -hmm. where i've been what i'm up to and encourage people to remind each other uh, how tough the the pandemic was Mm -hmm. i know it sounds a bit boring but we're almost past but you know what hurt us what inspired us Mm -hmm. and from you know certainly for us a lot of things that possibly wouldn't have started we had the courage to do that out of necessity Mm -hmm. during that period yeah definitely 
I guess with your ambassadorship as well, you've met lots of new people. I think you maybe didn't know Megan Beaudry beforehand. Uh, you met her through the process. Yeah, maybe. yeah. And she's uh, been on the podcast before and she, she gave you a shout out, I think. Oh, right. Um, yeah, Meg, Megan's, you know, Megan's just, you know, brimming with uh, positivity. And yeah, I've, I've heard her uh, sizzling a wee pan in the kitchen one night, <laughs> I, I think. It. And she was very excited which uh, I was like wow it's just a sizzling pan but she was most excited yeah. Um, but yeah uh, up and down uh, the length of the country to be honest um, you, you know as far as you know probably London um, we've kind of celebrated uh, the northeast down there more recently uh, welcomed some f uh, chefs from France uh, in Edinburgh they had a whole tour hoping to do a memories dinner in Paris uh, quite soon and um, I think it, you know, it, it broadens your mind to, to be able to ask a question instantly. To say, right, I'll ask somebody in Orkney, uh, and then ask somebody uh, down in the borders. What's the vibe there regarding this? Oh no, that would work. Mm -hmm. And they say, okay, let's do it. Um, and you know, this right now, I think we've got to be bold and brave, mm -hmm. um, and not get caught up in the clutter. Yeah, percent and people will join in once it's successful. Yeah, some people don't like to jump on things at first, but I think that's a great thing is you've got to be brave to push against things. And if you see a gap or something, you've got to do it. And then it's something we covered at the live podcast a few weeks ago was that you'd rather be the person that did it than mm -hmm. the person that missed out on yeah. doing it and someone else did it and took the opportunity. Right. So you've got to try and if it doesn't work, doesn't work but you can yeah and uh i i yeah there is this thing of possibly just doing it and speak about it afterwards because a lot of people share everything mm -hmm. and then you're in a slightly weaker position yeah. straight away yeah your food tour project with scotland food and drink any um teasers of some people that might feature in your um well um i i would like to think that um it's a good representation um, but we called it my love of Aberdeenshire, mm -hmm. so it sounds a bit cheesy, but on the map, it's actually a love heart oh, on the, on, on the map. Nice. That wasn't my idea, but <laughs> uh, the girls uh, that support me, they thought it was a good idea, Great. but it made perfect sense that we could kind of do yeah. the tour. I'd never been down to Inverbervie. That was a real, a, re a really special day. Um, and I think... You know, n not just visiting a business, but really getting to the, you know, the back shop mm -hmm. of of a business. Yeah. That's when you get the real story. Yeah. You know, you and I often quite like to speak to a person, not the person that would generally represent them. Yeah. I like to speak to somebody who's been there maybe twenty yeah. years, and the, they're Lots not really, all. you know, they're they're not trying to say the right mm -hmm. thing at yeah. the right time. You'll just get honest. honesty. Yeah. And that's that's pretty pretty cool 100% so it's 2004 and it was 2004 you opened wasn't it yeah so it's 2004 and uh, it's your opening first night what were your well what were your feelings on your opening night and what are some memories that stand out well it was three glasses uh there was three trays of glasses smashed within the first 20 minutes oh god <laughs> and I I always go was that a sign um <laughs> I remember it well, invited 100 people and it was a snowstorm uh, and 90 plus people still came. Wow. The provost that we invited ended up in the ditch <laughs> uh, and ended up walking here. It's uh, dedication. 
I got a letter saying, we've came to this place for many years. Why did we not get an invitation? That was the whole point. I wanted new people. I just had to have this focus and self-belief that it was going to work. And I, I will be honest, it, it was naive at times, but I, I would go as far to say, undoubtedly, it has taken every single part of my being mm -hmm. um, to do it for 20 years. Because, uh, you know, I've, I've changed, my life has changed, the world has changed, um, but the, the, the core values of what Eat on the Green is has stayed the same from that point mm -hmm. of view. But yeah, I have to hold on tight. And also for everyone listening, Udney is kind of in the heart of Aberdeenshire. And it's not in a snowstorm, it's probably not the best little time to get to. So the fact that you got all those people over. We, we, we had to make it, we had to make, uh, a, we had to really make a lot of noise mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. And I, I keep saying it, you know, you know, you can make huge impact now by not leaving um, your house and do something on social media. That we had we an opening night that we relied on word of mouth. Mm -hmm. uh, that we needed to get people talking. We needed to. We needed a bit of attention uh, in order to have a have a chance of survival. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, change days. Yeah, and it's it's funny when you say like these days are no social media, yellow pages, ads, and traditional press as well. Um, but I remember when I grew up in Huntley and um, I remember my friends' parents coming to eat in the green and then going, oh, I'm going to eat in the green tonight. And it was always like a big celebration because mm -hmm. it was that like really nice mm -hmm. thing to go do. But it was that word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Everyone kind of yeah. was always talking about it and mm -hmm. um, keeping that good news swirling, which is great. And people kept on coming. You know, obviously, as the years went on, I remember being confident enough to say just because when I'd need green, it doesn't mean we can't have a New York mindset. Mm -hmm. And I guess if you're from Foggy, that's kind of like you're away with it. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that um, you do need, you know, a, a restaurant is a theater. You need, uh, you need to set the stage. You need to believe in what you're doing. Um, and it's a very powerful thing, a moment to relax and enjoy good hospitality. Yeah. And if, it's not, if, if, if you're faking it, in any shape or form and that be service or menu or whatever you can you can totally people see through it of course yeah. they do yeah and people can't afford to pay no. for something they don't truly believe in yeah now so definitely and the, the theater has worked because over 20 years on and you're still here well giving yeah. away good customer base and what's what's been some highlights over that time um and so many things uh, yeah, it has been. Um, I have obviously got a very creative mind uh, from the point of view. Just because it hasn't been done before doesn't mean that you can't have a go. I'm uh, passionate about the fact that um, you do really need to listen to the simple advice that people often give you. Uh, if you enjoy something, everything seems easier. Mm. Um, so I've been enjoying myself. Uh, there's been highs and lows, mm -hmm. of course. Highlights would be the journey, uh, which I again, I never chose. We've raised £100,000 for one cancer charity, but raised much more than that for various cancer charities. And that was through the pain 
and loss of my own uh, family that kind of took us on that journey. But basically, uh, highlights, uh, definitely when we opened the restaurant for a full 24 hours. Uh, that was amazing. Wow. Um, was that for a charity? Yeah, thing? Yeah. yeah. So we'd four four uh, different things, but wow. the casino in the middle of the night was amazing. <laughs> so cool. Um, um, and tiring. Uh, definitely flying around Scotland by helicopter in one day was up there. Mm -hmm. I'd fully recommend that. Uh, hot air balloon was pretty cool. Um, and that was a thank you years later to the pilot, mm -hmm. uh, Brian Keith, that uh, took me there. Um, I guess uh, we did a food and fun day that 4,000 people came and we took over the whole village. Um, that was really, really special. Um, and, and I guess like uh, some of the, just the, the ideas that we've had over the years to just be different, mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily to look over the fence of what we should be doing, but um, doing it because it's right for us, but doing it in our own way. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, even as I sit here now, we've got ideas for a way to do mm -hmm. things that are exactly that. And that keeps the fire going Definitely. for us as well as our customers mm -hmm. and our staff. Uh, Susan Boyle, taken, you know, when we hired Susan Boyle to come to the village and she dined upstairs and she said she felt really comfortable and at home. That was a real honor because we, we created this event, Human Anchor of Light, 400 people in the church, and then came out and we created this anchor on the village green. So people formed the shape of an anchor and held lights up. And then we had a piper put right up in the air and oh, uh, nice. played Highland Cathedral. And we raised a lot of money. Yes. And then we had a dinner there. It was moments like that that we kind of just took people together. Um, finally, I would say, uh, and don't drag me into politics, even though people would have assumptions, um, we hosted the referendum dinner um, here, the night of the referendum, uh, a private dinner. That was a bit of a moment mm -hmm. um, when there was um, security and um, you were kind of uh, part of history. Yeah. So that was a bit of a moment. Yeah. It's, been, it's, it's been wild. Yeah, can imagine. And I guess, like as I said at the start, like I would always refer to eating the green as a like celebration of local flavour and stuff. But I'd probably say now it's a restaurant with a lot of heart. I think so, you know, and you know, I remember getting asked, oh, you know, have you had a lot of famous people? And I was like, well, yes, we have. But, you know, more important to us, we kind of started to build something. Um, and, you know, people that, that came every week, people that came every month or once a year, they became our stars. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I really do mean that. Um, in the sense that people, I think we all want to feel part of something. Mm -hmm. And I, we we started to understand that people wanted to be part of our Eat on the Green yeah. family. Um, so I think the people that uh, have supported um, and been loyal to us, they're the ones with a big heart because mm -hmm. whatever we have chosen to do charity-wise or change the business that just means everything you yeah. need people 100 you need people to come to your restaurant no matter how wonderful you think yes yeah. what's been some key key learnings 
for you over the years, business or personal? Sometimes you need the peace of your own mind to know what to do next. Yeah. And you can react or respond. And um, you realize you're maybe doing something well when you get uh, a negative reaction from quite a few people, which I never understand. Right, okay. Um, so I've had to I've had to probably think a bit more carefully of how I deal uh, with that. Uh, and I remember the people that encouraged me, that um, lent, you know, put their hand out before, before eat on the green really meant anything. I had nothing. I had no reputation mm. at all. Right. So you've always had that backing of people and just knowing. You don't need a lot of people, yeah. but I think you remember the people that would have said, you know, good luck. Yeah. Um, thank you. Um, and you're doing a good job right at the start mm -hmm. because that's when you need the most support. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's quite interesting if you listen in a day, and we've talked about this earlier, of how many people will be complimentary, encouraging, um, or even offer you help mm -hmm. uh, or offer you their time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's just what I've learned. Yeah. And I guess it's that thing as well, having that time to pause, probably quite hard to do as well when you're running a business and be like, right, this is what we're doing and we're mm -hmm. pushing against it. It takes a lot to be able to do I that. I think you have to remember to invest in the simple things. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's a hot topic. We need to, to make sure we've got enough space in our mind. Mm -hmm. you, you need your body to work. Yeah. You need to be able to live life and enjoy it um, and enjoy the basic things of laughter and um you know remind we we all know what we need yeah but there's a lot of us still don't put the or you know we don't would have the complete recipe right yeah and if you're a happy if you're a happy chef if you're a happy podcaster if you're a happy musician your your, your passion um is infectious mm -hmm. Um, as opposed to a singer that's really good, but for some reason they can't find their own happiness. So yeah. I, um, I'm really, I'm really into that right now. To trying to, trying to kind of make your heart sing in order for to encourage other yeah. people to join in with you. Love that. You mentioned uh, over the years you've had many celebrity guests, um, Sean Connery being one of them, which. Yeah, I suppose like? that has to be a highlight. Um, <laughs> and how did, that come, how did that come about as well? Was he up on uh, holiday or? So, um, never missed a beat on the green, uh, contrary to uh, a lot of people thinking about. So I, I had to go to him. Ah, right. Uh, so I've cooked for him three times. Amazing. I uh, cooked for his 80th birthday. And it was probably my uh, most relaxed uh, with really? him. Really? I did come into the kitchen and... Uh, in my Sean Connery accent, he said, you must be the famous chef. And I was like, in my head, I was like, I think you're the most famous person I've ever seen in my life, but yeah. we'll go with that. Um, and again, didn't feel worthy doing it. Uh, so I always try harder and just do it in my own style. 
loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, Edinburgh, Edinburgh Castle's quite a wow. cool vibe yeah. uh, to do it. Uh, it was really special, uh, and I cooked a couple of times uh, at the um, Butte House as well, tiny kitchen. Um, but the the moment of uh, the International Film Festival dinner, I just gave it my absolute mm-hmm. all. I took on a massive trunk uh, with dry ice coming out of yes. it and a really special uh, whiskey uh, paired with chocolate. And I did a chocolate and whiskey tasting at the end of the dinner. Cool. I took control of it. And you know this, it's stuff like that. Uh, I always say, like, you can be a chef, you can be a... Uh, a creative, you can be an entertainer, or you can just be you. Mm-hmm. And that's where I am right now. Yeah. I, I'm not sure what uh, I've got, uh, but uh, people seem to like, I'm sure Connery loved it, he mm-hmm. said. Um, a moment in life surrounded by the right recipe of hospitality. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Talking of celebrities, who, if if you could do any dinner party, who would be like your three dreams? Oh, wow. It can be dead or alive and really famous or not so famous. Um, who would be your three dream dinner party guests? Wow. If you've not had them already. Um, yeah, no, no, definitely <laughs> not. Okay, well, this could surprise you. Um, so I probably, I would like Adele. Because uh-huh, yeah, yeah. I would definitely like her to sing. Yeah. Afterwards. I think she'd be cool, honest, real. Good table chat as well. Um, Just cut through the shit, uh, I would imagine. Um, I would probably have to pause a wee minute because I'm only getting three. Um, (laughs) Choose wisely. I probably would like Gordon Ramsay, actually. Uh They would probably get on well with Adele. But yeah, I I would like uh, like to chip away of doing just tell him once he's had his coffee, I would do a wee podcast with him yeah. and, and really get to... Get a frank conversation um, with him. Um, and if we were to go completely the other way, and I'll be sentimental for Lindsay, who's obviously a huge part of Eat on the Green success. For Lindsay, I would invite... Um, well, the kids could do the dishes so they could hear <laughs> as well. Um, probably Stevie Wonder. Nice. That's a good table. That is, it's, yeah, yeah, that is a good table. It's definitely a corner table. Yeah. It would probably attract a lot of attention. But... Get them all here and tinted out windows yeah, and stuff. So, um, no chef. Well, no, I'll say no chef's got, uh, Gordon Ramsay, but he isn't really inspired. No, not somebody that inspired me, but the only person that I was toying with, and he unfortunately did pass away, was uh, Gary Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really did like his style um, early on. Mm-hmm. And that definitely gave me a bit of focus. Uh, but sorry, uh, Gordon, you'll do, uh, you you probably <laughs> probably want to grill you a wee bit more. <laughs> Find out all the secrets. And what would be your go-to? What's like your go-to dinner party menu? What's like a, a good win for you that you always like to do? Uh, goat cheese beetroot confit duck halibut. Oh, nice. um, uh, I like a bit of curry in there. Yeah. It's curried something. Uh, hot plate, absolute. Uh, really, really important. Something caramelised, uh, dessert-wise, not a big portion, and definitely a zambuca at the end. <laughs> a zambuca? Always. I haven't had a zambuca in years. Went off don't, too many times. Don't shot it, though. 
Sipa. Sipa. And uh, oh, I'm sure that's where I've been going wrong. And I'm, I'm sure a few people in the Northeast would agree or even have witnessed that, but I'm very comfortable with our, Zam our Zambuka isms. It's great nice. for digestive. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Ah. Even my mum has it. Wow. Try it. See, I'll probably like it more not shotting it because you always get on your fingers. Don't give me a flame and, either. Nothing. Just, yeah, just... no. <laughs> That's a good takeaway. There's obviously been challenges along the way over mm -hmm. your run at eating the green and um, pandemic being one of them. Mm -hmm. um, but with that, you kind of took it in your stride and you did like your cook at home boxes. Mm -hmm. uh, you started up and you even introduced your cook at home series um, on Facebook, Facebook Live, I think it was. You did your cook alongs. That must have brought you even closer to your customers and also found some new ones. As well doing that. The really interesting thing is that I felt was if you can imagine, like most people, when you're so used to be customer facing and you're meeting people, you feed off people's energy, mm -hmm. but also you realize when in a business point of view, whether people want to admit it, but when they ha are about to toy with uh, an idea, they, they, they share it. Mm -hmm. And if if you get somebody to maybe discourage you, or 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 just even business in general, that there's some there's something else overtaking your passion for for you know to get something started, um, it could actually prevent you from even starting. Mm -hmm. So, no idea was wrong during that mm -hmm. whole pandemic. So it was very much the case of write a list, write, mm -hmm. let's do it. Yeah. And if you did something online, uh, there was more people struggling themselves. Mm -hmm. They didn't really want to admit, I need you. Yeah. I need something. Yeah. And I've had people say, you've no idea how much I enjoyed the regular. It was something that was, oh, it's live at five yeah. today. Yeah. And I still don't quite get it, but uh, it was it was a case of um, a coping mechanism mm -hmm. for us yeah. as well. It was uh, new, fresh. Uh, we were learning. Uh, I'm sure some of it was pretty rubbish, uh, <laughs> but some of it was also really good. Yeah. Um, I, it did cause quite a bit of stress. I'm not going to lie. I imagine the, the three times, yeah, three times a, a week with kids and animals. Ah, <laughs> oh. but hey, we were used to running a restaurant, so it was just exactly. added to it. And of course, being being really serious about it, when we launched our, our dine at home, we'd already we'd ready people with us. Mm -hmm. um, quite recently, somebody said to me, uh, "I remember on the winter's day." that you were out the front of the restaurant handing out the mm -hmm. food. Um, and he said, I really admired you for doing that. Mm -hmm. I also remember somebody asking me why I was doing that. Interesting. And there's two ways of looking at it. And I, I, I just said, you know, it certainly wasn't about me, mm -hmm. uh, but it was about me saying thank you. Mm -hmm. and, if, and I said, you know, how we present the restaurant we couldn't do that. So I wasn't going to dumb down my personality just because the world had changed. So I was making it special for them coming. And when I co almost caused a traffic jam in Only Green because people were supporting me, mm -hmm. I felt very emotional. Yeah, I can imagine. How, how much people got behind us. Mm -hmm. um, and I never took that and never will take for granted. 
that people come and spend their good hard end cash on what they believe is a good experience yeah you've got such an amazing customer base and support i love the fact well. I, I really love it at the moment the fact that we get young much younger mm -hmm. people now yeah that are preferring to eat instead of yeah. drink yeah it, there's been a shift yeah. um and i think that's don't know how we've done it but we've done well scotland's yeah. done well yeah. we're, we're not just <laughs> well done, Scotland. <laughs> you know it's not just a case of oh can't wait to get to the pub on a yeah. friday night and then go back it's to work shift. on a monday uh, i like the fact that we we are now taking pictures mm -hmm. uh, of food and describing textures yes. and flavor and all the rest of that i think it's amazing yeah i even notice it now like i'm always taking pictures of food and stuff and I, I even when did it start you I know, know. I mean, but I remember when I like when I first started the blog and doing stuff I remember like I used to hate taking my phone out because there would always be someone staring yeah. and being like oh that's so disrespectful doing that yeah, that's yeah. awful oh ruining the, like the restaurant vibe or whatever now I, I'm very maybe I don't notice it now because uh -huh. I'm just numb to it but yeah. I would say more people are more about celebrating what's on their plate and be like oh I want to share this with other and it sounds so silly like taking a picture of your food but it, you want to share it you want to show what you've been eating and celebrate the hard work that's gone in the kitchen and mm -hmm. food also, makes me happy so I just love sharing about it I think you know as far as as, as long as you can have a relationship with whoever's around the table as well as document it mm -hmm. um if you're just choosing to speak to somebody else while you're mm -hmm. dying that's yeah. a bit of an issue yeah but i think we've all to be careful with yes, that definitely but i think the, the way the world right now the reality is guests that do that are actually helping a local business yeah, 100%. um and someone you could be sitting in a restaurant who could have a massive following could actually offer you a whole new yeah. range of customers and Definitely. i can honestly say i am always amazed week to week the different response to our social media and i do ask how did you hear about us yeah um and i've done that for 20 years it's not something i've always been comfortable but i go around uh, each and every table and i was going to stop year two right and um the the uh rest uh, the front of house staff oh no no people people like, like it. it yeah um so i just did as i was told for once <laughs> for once <laughs> quite right and with your cook-alongs as well you you got a lot of people who maybe were nervous in the kitchen and mm -hmm. weren't that comfortable cooking what is a, a simple recipe that anyone looking to get more comfortable in the kitchen should start with? What do you think? Um, so it's something I am quite passionate about. Uh, when somebody says they don't like something, I kind of go, I want to know the issue is not the issue. Mm -hmm. My sister uh, always says uh, there's a reason. So whether it's cooking, uh, music, exercise or whatever, the answer rarely is, that, you know, there's a root mm -hmm. of the problem. Um, so regarding cooking, I would say visualize um, a pan that you like. Right. So I, you know, it's really important. Mm -hmm. So visualize, visualize the pan. We've all got a pan mm -hmm. that we keep that 
it, it serves us no purpose at all. In fact, it would just be better gone. So imagine a pan you've got, and I'd like you to put some oil in it, not too much. And I would like you to heat it longer than you normally would and slice an onion and cook the onion three times as long as you normally would. Season it to your choice. Now, just remember any recipe, any guide is a guide. Mm -hmm. So you may like less salt than me. I may want more pepper, chili, coriander, basil, whatever. But th for me, that is the base. Mm -hmm. So please get your pan, your oil, and your onion. And then ask yourself, was how do, how do you feel? You should, if you've listened to it properly, you should feel that you're cooking. Mm -hmm. It looks like you're cooking. It smells like you're cooking. And when you taste it, it should taste good. And if it's if you've missed something out there, you've got the ability to tweak it. Mm -hmm. And then you could do anything you want with that base. Yeah. So add a bit of tomato. Add something else. A leftover potato. And then you go, oof, I could whisk up an egg. I could add some leftover mm -hmm. rice. But that hit of flavour. There is no, I don't think there is a shortcut. To, you need to understand that base. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a bit of a game changer. Mm -hmm. um, and I would really encourage people on their worst irritating day is get that pan mm -hmm. out. Always have an onion in your fridge and just lose everything everything else about the day and just yeah just the best hit flavor hit you can possibly mm -hmm. can because it really can change your day yeah i 100 percent agree with the, i use the kitchen as an escape for stressed out work or whatever get in the kitchen switch off music and it's that noise of the onion hitting the oil mm -hmm. just going mm -hmm. and then you're starting to like i i, I love doing it it's, yeah. it's the best so imagine you've got all your cooking supplies, you've got a shopping bag, and you're stuck on a desert island. What is your desert island dish that you would happily eat every day for the rest of your days stuck on that island? Could be a week, could be a month, could be forever. It's quite predictable in our household, I'm not going to lie, and it's even on the menu at the minute, and it's... I've made this uh, chickpea buna forever. Mm. It's vegan. I'm in vogue. <laughs> um, by default. And it's interesting. It's good, cold, hot. If you, um, you could serve it with fish, chicken, have it on its own. Um, so it would be a spice, yeah, like a spicy mm -hmm. um, plant base, if you want to use that trendy term. Um, full of goodness and that you get that i love ginger mm -hmm. garlic uh that kind of hit and it's so versatile mm -hmm. so yeah and you'd you'd end up with you'd probably find a friend of some sort even if it's an animal because the smell when you're making it, it just attracts, attracts everyone attracts everyone <laughs>
good. It's a dish that won't go. You, like your versatile, as you say, so you can you never yeah. get fed up of it. Good. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Good choice. Before we jump onto the food safari chat, I heard a lot about kind of your journey as a chef and eating the green story. And I guess take all that to a close. Probably logical to talk about the kind of latest. Well, not so much latest, but recent news about the restaurant is that you're uh, selling the business yeah well you know i'm very open with the fact mm-hmm. and uh, i shared it that we didn't really want to kind of go public with the, f- mm-hmm. with the fact um uh, we made a decision the time was right for us uh, positively uh, rather than uh, anything negative mm-hmm. so there is no negative uh, hidden story um we reached a point uh, that we want to take a step forward um, to have enough energy um, and uh, creativity to do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess, um, as I sit here, when when I do walk out the, the door, um, I will probably do exactly uh, what I did at the start. When I walked in the door, I'll give it my all. Uh, I won't look back, I'll look forward uh, and use every tool uh, in my box to make sure that uh, the, what I've learnt and what I think it needs for my next chapter, um, I will I will kind of walk confidently forward um, to be involved as in, in maybe not just one thing, mm-hmm. various things uh, to to start a new page mm-hmm. and a new book. I mean, I was going to say, I think of all the spare time you'll have, but I can imagine you'll you'll fill that time with other things as um, well. But it'd be nice just to have that, as you say, yeah. start of the new chapter. And I think I probably definitely have more balance now, mm-hmm. um, definitely more time. Um, but um, I am involved and I choose to be involved in a number of different things. Um, and uh, But the phone never stops, as you heard. <laughs> Um, right on cue. So um, I, I think if you want something enough, whether it's mm-hmm. more excitement, more uh, spare, spare time, you, you know, you've got it in your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to prioritize that. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I've got quite an open mind mm-hmm. regarding um, I think you could have more time, but it doesn't mean necessarily be more relaxed or you know, but this time thing is quite interesting. Yeah. So oh, I wish I had more time for yourself. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah. Are you going to just sit yeah. and be, you know, sit on your phone mm-hmm. or are you going to learn a new, a new thing yeah. uh, or a new form of relaxation? Um, so I think I, I do invest in the relaxation in order to stem or, or in order to encourage ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, um, I, I love uh, working on new projects with like-minded people. Yeah. Um, and that, I find that quite exciting mm-hmm. because just because you never thought of something uh, yesterday, you could have a n- new idea yeah. today. And I think probably the, 20, the last 20 years, I would never have imagined that this restaurant would have became what it has and we've even survived 20 years so it proves a point Mm -hmm. that if you have enough determination and passion and belief um you you can 
you can start something from nothing. Yeah. It's really important that you, just because it hasn't been done before it doesn't mean it can't be done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good to have a great mindset about it and passion behind it. And I know you said there's no immediate plans to kind of get the business sold and there's no rush business into it. Business as usual. When, when it's ready to close doors, there'll be one hell of a party, I can imagine. Yeah. Um, maybe not a 24-hour party. Maybe <laughs> not a 24-hour party. <laughs> again, not re I'm not really at that stage. Yeah. Um, but I think, um, yeah, I would imagine that there would definitely be something to reflect um, the last 20 years on um, and um, probably something a little bit different mm -hmm. um, and I you know I've, I've, I've already made a lot of great great memories um, and I've had the most amazing talented hard-working people that have put up with me over the years and Lindsay has been a huge part of she always says that you know uh, you come up with ideas and I just make the hard work happen, you know, make it mm -hmm. happen. As far as the party, I probably will think long and hard of how I want that uh, end yeah. uh, to be like. So, um, yeah, I'm um, I'm looking forward to it. And I've been to some quite good parties. I'm yeah. always looking at Lots of inspiration. Some, some ideas. <laughs> Great. So, right, let's power up the food safari. Craig, you've got the power to pause time and travel anywhere in Scotland for your special dinner safari. Carbon emissions, reservation ability, and uh, waistbands are no object in creating your route. What have, where have you chosen to dine for your starter main and dessert in Scotland? And what are you ordering? Okay, so I am going to have a pop-up restaurant on the beach in um, Isla Harris. Lovely. Um, and I would definitely have um, some um, fish, smoked fish. Mm -hmm. um, I would definitely want uh, probably a Isla Harris gin. Nice. Uh, I like the idea. I'm thinking the whole sea kelp thing, taking the inspiration of the Isla Harris gin and the sea kelp, but very much uh, having that as a really nice chilled starter that sounds amazing mm -hmm. but also like be being really inspired by the area so i mm -hmm. imagine you know i don't want the food on a plate yeah i don't want it on a slate i want it all about where i am yeah and yeah i, I, I like that and it would probably have to be a two-stage starter mm -hmm. so you were like oh this is it and then an element of surprise nice. that's where i'm Love right that. there um, and i did i was I cooked up there for uh three days for a family and it was a very special experience and where would you head for maine after or would you do it all there no no um no i do get bored uh, <laughs> i like <laughs> to move on and <laughs> um, i probably would like a very back to basics meal of the greatest basic products of the northeast of Scotland. Again, I'm going outside uh, in the garden where mm -hmm. my grandparents Lovely. used to have, and I'm, and it, you know, I'm visualizing like, you know, 
really good tasting tatties, carrots, slow cooked uh, meats, basic, basic things, but that totally unpretentious where people just want more. Mm -hmm. And I like the, and it probably is taking you back to your childhood, but I love the idea of the time around that table are just being very natural. You're not trying mm -hmm. to have a good time. Yeah. It's just what it it's is. Just wholesome. Um, so I, it's kind of like a picnic on a table, but it's just what is done there. Yeah, love it. I assume you're not going to stay in the same place for dessert. <laughs> no, we're off, we're, we're off again. Um, I'd probably go to Persia. Obviously, a big part of my career, maybe over the tea or something, mm -hmm. where um, I apologies. I mean, you're getting excited. I haven't even told you what the dessert oh, is yet. <laughs> tea side. I think that you know the fact that um, you know I was pretty inspired by working with this lady who who made everything um, for the pastry section um at uh, Balathe House Hotel and she was just an, a workhorse and I started to taste things that she made and again there was no big drama about what she made but the flavour and freshness and smell just nothing contrived mm -hmm. and it's really hard I think now for something uh some ingredients to overtake but you know so you know, it's, a, it's an absolute classic, of course, from a chef's perspective, but a basic thing like a lemon tart or a really nicely made sorbet or even an apple crumble mm -hmm. or a, Can't be an apple crumble. you know, or a really well-made mm -hmm. custard. Yeah. So, you know, that, uh, so I would probably quite like that to be overlooking the tea mm -hmm. um, and that would be a sweet end Definitely. That's probably, definitely a dream food safari. That I probably got a cocktail bar afterwards. I was going to say, <laughs> would there be a tipple? I know you said you'd have Harris gin at the start, but would you have a, a tipple to take it all to an end? Um, well, I'd probably just, I would, I'd be in there. I'd probably just got the gin bottle. Yeah. I'd go there. Um, and um, yeah, uh, a wee bit of storytelling and, and, and I'd probably uh, enjoy the fact that there would be some music and just say what a day that was mm -hmm. that's very achievable achievable for us to do i like the idea of the food safari because we have we can do these things yeah brilliant so we're nearly at the end of this dishnet chat but before i let you go craig so what's next um what's next i'm not exactly sure but i um have got a, a few projects that i'm really excited about um, I'm pro it's probably going to take me um, a wee bit further afield mm -hmm. um, and um, I'm going to keep on um, just believing that if you put the hard work in, um, you know, you will attract certain things. I would love to change um, the term home economics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. So I'd love, I'd love to change that. I would like to inspire and encourage and make people happier through food yeah. um, and share that in any platform uh, at all. Um, I, uh, I'm just about to finish my kind of summer season of demonstrating. Still enjoy that. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I've had a, a few, you know, presenting roles and all the rest of it. And I, I would never forecast, I would never have forecasted that. Um, I think I've never been more comfortable in my own skin, age and stage. And um, I've still got this burning ambition to kind of uh, step forward confidently and do do something that you really, really love. Mm -hmm. And that that's enriching in itself. Of course, it's going to involve food, but probably not just food. Um, I've definitely noticed um, in recent years the I love music, food and mm -hmm. music. And I think it's a lovely marriage. Yeah. Um, so and there's a lot of similarities um, with creating how, how people create music um, and what it does to you uh, and what it does to people. Um, so uh, I'm excited for the future. Um, slightly nervous in the sense because yeah. I don't know what yeah. what it is, and um, but hopefully uh, I will have the health uh, and the opportunity to to be to be who I am in the right um, in the right setting. Mm -hmm. um, life's short, and I think um, we all use these terms, but life is short. And I think we should be brave enough to really enjoy with what we're doing. And if something doesn't work for you, change it. It's going to be far from dull anyway. I think seeing that your career so far, it's just going to be another chapter. And that's a really nice place to leave this mm -hmm. chat. And thank you for making the time for me to come in. And the petty fours have been scoffed during yeah, the conversation. Yeah. Both very good. But no, thank you, Craig. Thank you very much um, for your time. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. You've been listening to Dishing It, the podcast all about food in Scotland. All the businesses and accounts mentioned in today's episode are detailed in the show notes below, so you can add them straight onto your food list. If you've liked today's episode, remember to subscribe, like, review, share the podcast, you know the script. It all helps in spreading the food inspiration far and wide. Join me next time for more food chats and food frolics all across Scotland. Stay safe, eat well, and speak soon.